from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Folklife Today podcast. I'm John Fenn, the head of research and programs at the American Folklife Center at the Library of Congress. I'm here with Steve Linick, a folklife specialist at the center and the creator of the Folklife Today blog. Hi, folks. We're also with Michelle Stefano, a folklife specialist and a key member of our blog team. Hello, everyone. We're here to talk about a very special subject. And well, Steve, let's see if people can guess what the topic is. All right. Your clue is this song by Ernie Alston, recorded back in 1940. Ernest Alston, again, and I'm going to try to sing Groundhog. That's right. It's almost February, and we are here to talk about groundhogs because Groundhog Day is coming up. I think many people know the tradition. On February 2nd, our old friend the groundhog will emerge from hibernation, come out of his den, and predict whether winter will deliver more cold weather this year. If the groundhog sees his shadow, as the story goes, he will return to hibernation and cold weather will persist another few weeks. If not, warm weather is around the corner. This Groundhog Day tradition is celebrated in many places in the United States and Canada, with an emphasis on tongue-in-cheek humor and ceremonious proclamations. But it's best known among people whose ancestors spoke German, especially the Pennsylvania Dutch. So it's no surprise that the most useful book in the folklore world on this holiday is Groundhog Day by Don Yoder. Right. Don Yoder was one of the most influential folklorists in America in his quiet way. He was a founder of the Pennsylvania Dutch Folklife Festival, which was a model for the festival run by our colleagues at the Smithsonian. They consulted him on their very first festival in 1967. And similarly, he was on our very first board of trustees here at the American Folklife Center and contributed greatly to our work. Sadly, Don Yoder passed away in 2015, or we would surely be interviewing him today. Instead, we will have to make do with Steve here, who was Don's student in graduate school. Yeah, so Steve, what did Don Yoder say were the early roots of Groundhog Day? 
Well, interestingly, since the tradition is strongest among German Americans, you'd think he'd go to early Germanic culture. But what he found was that the earliest roots of Groundhog Day lie in Celtic culture. Now, if you read our blog, you'll know that we've done multiple posts for Halloween and May Day over the years. And as it turns out, Groundhog Day is related to those two holidays. In astronomical terms, these holidays were the cross-quarter days, that is, the days that fall midway between a solstice and an equinox. And these festivals were apparently celebrated throughout Europe by the various tribes we now refer to as Celts. And Don Yoder believed that they influenced the sense of time of all Europe and of the European colonies in America. So I'll quote my mentor a little bit here. Don says, the seasonal turning points in the Celtic year were immensely important communal festivals in prehistoric pre-Christian times. Of these festivals, the dates have continued to be important down to the present time. The Celtic names for the four festivals were Samhain, Imbolc, Beltane, and Lunasa. And then Don continued and he said, um, for the ancient Europeans, these days were so crucial and so embedded in their cultural sense of time that when the Western European peoples were Christianized, the new church, unable to root them out, baptized them into Christian holidays. May 1st became May Day, originally associated with the Virgin Mary and later a secular spring festival with Maypole, May Queen and other folkloric customs. August 1st became in Britain Lamas, or Loaf Mass Day, where the farmers' wives brought the first loaves of bread baked from the new harvest of grain to the church to be blessed. Since November 1st in the Celtic year was a day devoted to the dead, the church made it into All Saints Day, but the people continued to celebrate the eve of the old holiday as Halloween, with its many harmless folkloric customs that have come all the way down to our day. February 1st, extended into February 2nd, became Candlemas, and eventually Groundhog Day. And so what Don said there is borne out by Celtic literature, isn't it? Yeah, for example, there's a saga in which a warrior is wooing a lady, and she says that her suitor must be such a skilled warrior that he is safe at all times, able to, and I quote, go out in safety from Samhain to Imbolc, from Imbolc to Beltane, and again from Beltane to Lunasa. So it seems those holidays were central to how she was measuring time. Unfortunately, we don't know very much about how ancient Celts celebrated Imbolc, but its importance as the first day of spring persisted to living memory. The Encyclopedia of Irish Spirituality tells us, and I quote, the day remains an agricultural festival. Farmers expect good weather for planting on Imbolc, and fishermen traditionally overhauled their boats on this day. In traditional practice, there is divination to foretell the weather and family fortunes in the coming year. So there again is the reference to foretelling the weather. And it's important to mention that Imbolc now goes by many names. In the Christian calendar, it became Feast of the Purification of the Virgin Mary and the Presentation of Christ in the Temple. And in the Irish Church in particular, it is celebrated as St. Bridget's Day. It's traditionally a day when people brought their candles to church to be blessed. So in English vernacular tradition, it is Candlemas. And in French and Spanish, it's known as Chandelure and Candelaria. But the tradition of predicting the weather persisted through many of the holiday's variations. Yes, Steve wrote his doctoral dissertation on Proverbs, and I'll bet he has some Proverbs for this. Sure, I'll give you two. If Mary's purifying day be clear and bright with sunny ray, the frost and cold shall be much more after the feast than was before. And that was in a book of Proverbs by Reginald Scott in 1584. 
And another one is, if Candlemas Day be fair and bright, winter will have another flight. If on Candlemas Day it be shower and rain, winter is gone and will not come again. And that's from John Ray's book of Proverbs in 1678. So from those, we see that the idea of a sunny day on Candlemas or Mary's purifying day resulting in more winter goes back centuries in England too. But there's no groundhog in England. So Steve, what about the groundhog? Ooh, great question. So groundhog is the common vernacular name of the ground squirrel formerly known as Marmota monax. It also goes by other names. So vernacular words like marmot, land beaver, whistler, and even whistle pig all refer to the humble groundhog. Of course, there's also the word woodchuck, which is just another name for the groundhog too. So here's a woodchuck song from the King family recorded in 1941. This was a string band in the California FSA camps during the Dust Bowl, and they actually appear in the movie, The Grapes of Wrath. They'll announce the song themselves. Folks, this old novelty number is no telling how old because I used to hear it when I was a kid and I'm just 48 years young, so. Here it is, it's called a FOD. As I went down to the mowing field, who right to right FOD Lincoln I know. As I went down to the mowing field, FOD. As I went down to the mowing field, a big black snake got me by the heel to a Raleigh day. I fell down upon the ground, who right to right FOD Lincoln I know. Well, I fell down upon the ground, FOD. Well, I fell down upon the ground, and pushed both eyes and looked all around to a Raleigh day. Set up on a stump, take my rest, who right to right FOD Lincoln I know. Set up on a stump to take my rest, fought. Set up on a stump to take my rest, it looked like a woodchuck on his nest, to Raleigh Day. The woodchuck grinned a banjo song, who right to right fought Lincoln died, oh. The woodchuck grinned a banjo song, fought. The woodchuck grinned a banjo song, and up stepped skunk with the witches on, to Raleigh Day. The woodchuck and skunk got into a fight, who right to right fought Lincoln died, oh. The woodchuck and skunk got in a fight, fought. The woodchuck and skunk got in the fight, the fume was strong, it put out the light to Raleigh Day. They danced in the plate till the chimney began to rust, who right to right fought Lincoln I do. They danced in the plate till the chimney began to rust, fought. They danced in the plate till the chimney began to rust, it's hard to tell which smelled the worst to Raleigh Day. So that was a song with the weird name Fod, in which a woodchuck and a skunk get into a fight. Which is a lot of fun, but Steve, it doesn't explain how the woodchuck or groundhog got connected to this ancient holiday. Okay, that's true. I was just looking for an excuse to play that song, but luckily Don Yoder explains that too. It seems this part of the tradition also comes from Europe, and specifically it comes from parts of Europe that were Celtic in ancient times, but were later inhabited by Germanic speakers. Germans believe the weather was predicted by a badger rather than a groundhog, but the traditions are otherwise almost identical. So Don explains the Dachs or badger is the Candlemas weather prophet throughout much of German-speaking Europe. Dachstag or badger day is a German folk expression for Candlemas. The belief was if the badger encountered sunshine on Candlemas and therefore saw his shadow, he crawled back into his hole to stay for four more weeks which would be a continuation of winter weather. So Don points out that the groundhog is similar to the badger in being a small, hibernating, forest-dwelling mammal known for being very shy. And it was only natural for German speakers in America to substitute the groundhog for the badger. 
Okay, so about when did the Groundhog Day tradition emerge then? Well, the first mention Yoder has found of a groundhog predicting the weather on February 2nd is in a diary entry for February 2nd, 1840, written by a Welsh-American storekeeper named Morris who lived in Pennsylvania. And he wrote, Today the Germans say the groundhog comes out of his winter quarters, and if he sees his shadow, he returns in and remains there 40 days. So Morris describes this as a general belief of Germans. It doesn't seem to be limited to a single family or town, and he doesn't seem to think it is a brand new belief. Right. And since the belief and practice almost certainly came from Europe, and since the bulk of Pennsylvania Dutch immigration occurred between 1727 and 1775, it's likely that Groundhog Day was born in that period. I also understand that the groundhog has become important to the Pennsylvania Dutch in other ways. Yes, there are Groundhog Lodges, a loose organization of social clubs focused on the maintenance of Pennsylvania Dutch language and culture. The Lodges, which hold meetings called Versamling, at which participants speak only Pennsylvania Dutch, have existed since the 1930s. You can read more about those in the blog, too. Great. Thanks, Michelle. So let's talk now about how people celebrate Groundhog Day. The best-known Groundhog Day ceremony occurs each year in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. This annual festival is surprisingly odd. It goes back to 1887, when members of the local Elks Lodge first went to nearby Gobbler's Knob to consult a groundhog about the weather. The observance developed into an annual tongue-in-cheek ceremony at which the groundhog, which was given the name Puxatawney Phil in the 1960s, communicates his prediction to the, quote, inner circle, a group of men wearing formal suits and top hats. The Puxatawney event is only one of many Groundhog Day ceremonies held all across the U.S. and Canada, but it's certainly the most popular, especially since it became the basis of the philosophical comedy movie Groundhog Day, which the Library of Congress inducted into the National Film Registry in 2015 and is one of my favorite films. I love that movie. Now, if you live near us in Washington, D.C., you may be happy to know that we have our own local Groundhog Day observance at the DuPont Circle Fountain. Modeled on the Punxsutawney event, ours features Potomac Phil, a stuffed groundhog who magically communicates his predictions to an inner circle of people in top hats. Unlike his Punxsutawney relative, Potomac Phil makes predictions about both the physical and the political climate. In 2022, for example, he predicted six more weeks of winter and continued political gridlock. We'll let you judge how accurate he was. <laughs> Potomac Phil will be predicting again this year, so you can visit DuPont Circle early in the morning on Groundhog Day for that. And here's a weird one. If you're feeling very committed, you can cook and eat a groundhog because recipes were printed in many early American cookbooks. Even Irma Rombauer's classic, Joy of Cooking, contained instructions for cooking woodchuck, which is just another name for groundhog, right through the 1970s. So, mind you, I'm not recommending eating a groundhog, just pointing out it's possible, and I would urge you to check all local hunting laws before you try this. Um, and actually, the first song we played, just called Groundhog, was about that. It's a pretty common song, so we brought along a banjo version, too, by Short Buckle Rourke. Let's hear it. Groundhog, groundhog, 
on, Sal, with a ten foot pole, groundhog. Come on, Sal, with a ten foot pole, and twist them groundhogs out of their holes, groundhog. That was the Groundhog Song about a tasty marmot. And it just goes to show that another way to celebrate, and one we particularly recommend, is to sing or listen to Groundhog Songs. Yoder's book contains parodies of carols such as Grunsa Iver Alice, sung to the well-known German anthem, Today the Groundhog Comes, sung to John Brown's body, and Punxsutawney Phil Looked Out, sung to the tune of Good King Wenceslas. The Library of Congress even has a whole book of Groundhog Day carols. True, John. Now, those song parodies constitute a vibrant tradition in their own right, but the American Folklife Center's archive can offer some older and, let's say, less self-conscious groundhog songs. Mm-hmm. We've already heard Fod and Groundhog. Now let's hear a blues song called Prowling Groundhog. In various versions, this has been part of the blues repertoire since the 1930s, but the version AFC has online in our collections was recorded in the 1970s from Sam Chapman. We're going to let Sam Chapman play us out, but that means we should say our thank yous now. So thanks to John Gold, our engineer. Thanks to all the musicians and collectors whose work we included. I'll say thanks to my wonderful late teacher, Don Yoder. And I'll thank Steve and Michelle and all our colleagues throughout the Library of Congress who help us to deploy this podcast. Thanks to you too, John. Happy Groundhog Day, everyone. And now let's hear Sam Chapman with Prowling Groundhog. That thing, I'm gonna pick a prowling groundhog. Okay. That's an old piece. Says I prowl, I prowl, prowl, my feet got so. Hey, I proud, I proud, till my feet got so. And if I could find the woman I'm loving, oh, I wouldn't have to proud no more. Well, I'm walking down the railroad, praying my hand and crying. 
Woman, I love and you quit me, afraid I'm gonna lose my mind. Cause I'm a prowling ground and I travel night and day. I really want some good-looking woman Oh, come on and drive my blues away Till that woman caught me prowling The grass was very high Expect keep me prowling Till the day I die Cause I'm a prowling groundhog And I travel night and day I ride around some good-looking woman Oh, come on and drive my blues away Oh, yes, old boy, you know I've been prowling That's what I'm talking about, baby Put it on me Keep a singing, oh, this prowling groundhog song. I'm going back to Hollandale, Mississippi. Get my hambone boy. These women round here in Greenville about to let my hambone spoil. Cause I'm a prowling groundhog, and I travel night and day. I really want some good-looking woman. Oh, come on and drive my... This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.